to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey everyone, this is Johnny and welcome to Travel Like Boss episode 143. I'm here with Riley Bennett. What's happening? Dude, I'm happy to have you back on the show. He has been on back in the day, episode 52, and that episode was called Sleeping on the Couch to Balling Out. <laughs> wow. We've came a long way, man. It's incredible. You know what? You have, man. I mean, all right. So, can we do a quick recap on where you're from and how, how you even came out here in the first place? Yeah, for sure. Wow. Um, so, yeah, quick recap. Last time we were on the podcast with Johnny, it was when we came out to Thailand for the 2014 Dropship Lifestyle Retreat. And that was really... Uh, that was right after we quit our jobs just to come to this conference because we wanted to be digital nomads. We wanted to join the crew and uh, travel and do the extended travel thing, the digital nomad thing. Fast forward a year and two months, sorry, two years and two months. It's now December 2016. I can't believe it. And we're still out here. So I think needless to say, we made it and it all started with finishing university and having a desire to, you know, work abroad, do the study abroad thing, travel after school. So we started watching YouTube and found Johnny's video, his apartment video, followed his blog, um, found out about the conference, rest is history. We're still here. Yeah. And that's the key point is both you and your buddy, Parker, still here. Yeah. We're still here, man. Where it all started back in Chiang Mai. But, um, we have in over the last two years real quick we've done um i think this is our 14th month total in chiang mai we did six months in saigon ho chi minh city vietnam we did two months in the philippines we did a month backpacking around cambodia we just got back from a month backpacking around kenya uh, because our best friend does business down there and we've also spent a total of four months back home. So one month this past summer and three months the previous summer. So yeah. So when you got back home, what did your friends and your family all, all think about this this craziness? <clears throat> this madness. Um, the cool thing is we both have supportive families and like they get it. Like, you know, my mom traveled after university a little bit. Um, but I think everyone like understands, like everyone wants to travel like at some point in your life. And especially after finishing school, that's a big accomplishment. Like, I think they're not too surprised that we want to go travel for a little bit. Um, it's just not everyone gets to stay, you know, not everyone gets to stay, but luckily, um, there are great career options, great career paths these days that are totally laptop based. And so that's what we chose. So I definitely want to talk about that part of it later Mm -hmm. on, Mm -hmm. but I'm actually curious, how many people do you think that you met, you know, let's say in 2014, two years ago when you came here, now it's almost 2017, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it will be 2017 uh, in a few days yeah, when this year, is out. Guys. Happy mm-hmm. New Year's, buddy. So, yeah. happy New Year's to everyone listening to this. Yeah. Uh, how many people do you think that you met this last couple of years are still digital nomading or working location independently? Yeah. Um, so, just from the 2014 conference... I actually 
was just hanging out with five of those guys that I met all there and five of my best friends. Like we were hanging out on Christmas and it was like a family. But the craziest thing about this family is we have so much in common. We all come from, you know, different cities aside from Parker and I, we grew up from the third grade, but we all come from different cities, different backgrounds, different countries. And we all had the same desire to travel and we all put it all on the line, quit our jobs, came out here to the conference to, to risk it. And we're all steer, still here two years later. So it's like, we're, we're like closer than a family can ever be because we're all in such the same boat. So it was just like an amazing experience hanging out with those guys, like for the whole night and just like reminiscing and being like, wow, like we come from all different points around the globe, but we all came here because we all had the same like dream basically. You know what's crazy is there's a saying that you know family you know you're born with but your mm-hmm. friends are who you choose. Mm-hmm. But in reality, for most people, they don't actually choose their friends. Their friends are people that they happen to go to school with, exactly. happen to live in their one mile radius. Mm-hmm. You know, there is there are coworkers, exactly. whatever it is, or exactly. friends are friends. Yeah. I almost feel like those friends you don't really choose. You're kind of just stuck with them, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, if you're lucky, they're great friends. If you're not. They're just the you know the guy you went to third grade with. You just happen to be your neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in this lifestyle, we really are choosing our friends because mm-hmm. we're we're physically moving somewhere, meeting someone from a whole other city or maybe another country, and you know based on what we choose as our hobbies, even though it's not conventional. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Jabril and I actually touched on this in the last video uh, on my channel, and you can also check out the. Um, uh, yeah, the last two videos is Jabril and the last vlog was hanging out with those five guys. Yeah. Um, By the way, this podcast and actually the last one, even though I said it was going to be on video, wasn't. I lost all the footage. Sorry, guys. I don't think I'm going to be doing video podcasts for a while just because they've been taking so long to, to edit. And I think the first one everyone really liked because they've never seen you know what the podcast looks like when we're doing it. But by the second or third people, like, you know, I, I know what it looks like. Let me just listen to it in my earbuds. So f- at least for now, audio only. Uh, but if you want to see more video, go on Riley's channel. How do they find it? Yeah, YouTube? YouTube.com slash live in that life. Live L-I-V-I-N. that life. Okay. Yeah. We'll have a link to that uh, in the show notes as well. This is episode 143. But we just did an interview, which will hopefully be up uh, mm-hmm. at the same time. This yeah. is where we walked around our neighborhood here in Chiang Mai. We showed you some cool stuff. And we also talked about, um, you know, coming, kind of, you know, just coming up and leveling up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So Um, how did, so you, you met Mr. Think outside the box, Jabril in Bangkok. How'd you meet him? Uh, it was crazy. Um, we were in Bangkok, um, trans doing a quick stopover for a week on our way back from Kenya to Chiang Mai. And uh, we were actually getting ready to fly out the next morning. And luckily, we hadn't bought our tickets yet. Parker sends me a screenshot. Jabril posted on his Facebook page at 11.49 at night. Hey, guys, uh, I'm coming to Bangkok for 36 hours. Um, if anyone is around, I'm down to meet up. So we were like, no way. Because like, this guy's our travel idol, like a lot of us out there. Um, he's been doing it big for years. And so, yeah, he's like, yeah, hit me up. So we hit him up and uh, we met up. It was uh, a couple people. We had dinner. And then afterwards, we had actually ended up going out and uh, 
having a uh, weird night in Bangkok. <laughs> so, um, but I haven't, we also did a, a little short podcast interview in the taxi, which was really cool. Like he, we get into some, some deep stuff about, you know, entrepreneurship and getting started in the digital nomad entrepreneur online scene. So yeah, you can check that out. I like that. That's, that's super cool. They just randomly bumped into him. Yeah. Funny story is a few years ago at the full moon party. Yeah. I ran into him on the beach. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. And we actually, we actually, he actually showed us, uh, that we showed him that photo we googled it because we were, i was mentioning you in my story mm-hmm. um you know as you guys know johnny is a huge part of being out here because of you know the video that we found and then also promoting anton's uh, sharing anton's and inviting anton's uh inviting us to the conference so we were telling our story and then we we're like dude uh, i think you know him um john i think johnny's uh, mentioned in a podcast and he's like mm. and so we showed you the photo of you two on the beach because we googled it and it how popped you, up. How did you even find that? I think Parker googled it. He he googled like Jabril Johnny FD and the the photo on the beach popped up and he's like, oh yeah, I actually remember uh, encountering that guy. I remember. That's it. crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he remembered you. Man, you know what? I'm actually trying to find that photo right now because <laughs> it'd be cool to have in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I only chatted with him for a few minutes, so we didn't hang out or anything. But mm. I didn't I didn't really know who he was. I I had met him. I think I had followed him on instagram or saw him somewhere mm-hmm. and when i bumped into him i was like hey you're that uh living out you know thinking outside mr think outside of the box yeah we got a photo real quick and then we were gonna meet up and party that night full moon party but there was like thirty thousand people there so we never saw each other again but uh, that's that's cool that you bumped into and you remembered me speaking of full moon party if you're watching this um in after late february um i am going to the full moon party on february or sorry I'm going January 12th. So if you're watching this after that, um, there's a good chance you can click below to watch my full moon party video. I'm pumped to film that. That's going to be crazy. Yeah. I have such a wild time yeah, out there. Everyone keeps saying Don't you got to go. Don't get too crazy. I know. I, I can't get too crazy because I got to film, but it should be crazy. But you yeah. can get a little bit crazy. It's I hear right. it's crazy. You can get a little bit crazy. You, get, you can get a little bit. It's all right. right. You got the permission too. Cool. <laughs> I like it. So... One of the, so the reason why I wanted to have you on is because so much has changed in, the, in these last two years, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, you haven't just been here bumming around. You've been growing your businesses. You start, you, you've had this huge YouTube success. You've had a million viewers now. Mm-hmm. That's, it's, I mean, how, like, how did all that started? Um, well, the whole YouTube thing, I guess I have to go back and tell the story. I'll do my best, you know, Casey Neistat impression. Uh, it's all about the story, right? So ever since I was a kid, I've been creating, like I used to do impressions of like Jim Carrey and like Mike Myers when I was a little kid. So I've kind of, I'm realizing like I've kind of always been like the entertainer type of person and like playing like piano and stuff. Um, And then in middle school, I was that kid who was always recording. So when the first iPod came out, the one with the click wheel, it didn't have a microphone. So I got the other one, it's called the Dell DJ. And I would record people's voices and like record... Um, kids like doing funny goofy things and record the teachers and like record kids goofing off in class and i would edit that into cds and put like beats over them and me and my friend would record uh like comedy skits even before there was such thing as a podcast this was in middle school and we would put these comedy skits into cd form and we would sell these comedy cds um so i've always been that kid that's always recording always creating and then of course when i got my first smartphone always taking pictures of course when snapchat came out always snapchatting so what people don't know is before i was before i started my uh 
official vlog in last October 2015, I was vlogging like I was vlogging for like two years before that. Like I was vlogging in Chiang Mai for the first year, all on Snapchat, um, tons of videos um, up on my other YouTube channel, on my second channel. And um, even before that, like I was, even when we were in the one bedroom apartment, I really wanted to start a podcast and I have some videos from back in that apartment. So I've always been filming, always mm. been recording, always wanted to make something, like something to, to sink my teeth in and just do. And one of the big reasons for the YouTube thing is, uh, like I said in our quick little video before this, is the one of the key life hacks that changed my life, maybe the number one or number two, is when Parker and I moved into our apartment, we didn't sign up for cable TV. We just streamed Apple TV on the big screen. And that put YouTube into our brains instead of NBA games and the, all the shows. And so we started just consuming YouTube and consuming travel vloggers like Casey Neistat and Louis Cole and Jabril and Johnny. And so it eventually, like, you become what you eat. You are what you eat. And, like, vlogging and traveling now, it just seems normal to me. Like, because I, that's all I watch. Like, people watch Game of Thrones. I watch travel vloggers. So for me, it's just like regular. That's what you do when you travel. You film it. You know what's crazy is people always, like they, they never see the iceberg forming under under the water. Mm -hmm. They only see like, oh, this guy started a, a YouTube channel not even that long ago. Yeah, now he has 9,000 plus subscribers. He has a million views. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, it must be must be an overnight success. Mm -hmm. Same thing with my blog. People are like, oh man, Johnny's only been you know blogging for a few years. Right. But I had a Zanga, which is... Before blogging was a term, you had a, people used to have Zanga weblogs. <laughs> what? Right? I don't even know what that is. Uh -huh. Is that like the MySpace of blogs? That was, be like that was before MySpace. <laughs> and I had that, and I, and I actually forgot I had that because it was just something I would write stuff on and post pictures when I was in college. And then I just like forgot I had that. And then mm. when I moved to Kotel, I started a blog about restaurants on Kotel. Mm. Until the mafia shut me down because I wrote uh I wrote a bad review of a restaurant the that Russian they owned. Mafia was like fuck that. And, no, it was a Thai mafia. Oh, and they were like, and somebody pulled me aside. And they're like, hey Johnny, you have to delete that review. And I'm like, I'm not deleting a bad review. Like I just <laughs> said that you know I said the service was bad. Yeah, and it was all legit, you know. And they're like, trust me, <laughs> you either leave the island right now or delete that review. Oh, man. So I've had Johnny's all these different reviews. blogs, all different yeah. subjects. I had my Muay Thai blog. I've had all these, you know, random ones. Yeah. And when I started, you know, writing on Johnny FD about this part of my life, it was it came naturally because of that. Yeah, for sure. It, that seems to be the whole story. And in, in any creator and any really success, like it started way before, like. Um, like any musician that's never overnight success, they've always been grinding in the basement like years before that, but you never hear about that. So yeah, you just got to start. You got to fake it till you make it. Like um, you totally got to fake it till you make it. Always about that. I even, like I, I know, you know, that term people like, they throw it around a lot, but mm -hmm. I don't even think it's faking. I think it's like, I mean, let's say you, you suck try at it. basketball. Try it till you make it. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like you know, it's, you're not faking basketball. Mm -hmm. You just suck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you're still having fun. You're still doing it. Yeah, and just you, do you it. You know? You know, I guess you know you're a fake pro baller. You know, mm -hmm. you can say that, uh, but you know you're still playing basketball. You're still vlogging. You're still you know creating a YouTube channel. You're still blogging. You're just not that good at it yet. Yeah, exactly. And I actually started a blog called LivingThatLife.com. I started that even a year before I even discovered Johnny, and it, I started writing about 
location independence and all the four-hour workweek minded type stuff and it was called living that life and wouldn't you love to work online and like and it was a mind hack it's just like i was writing like i was traveling and working online but i wasn't and it was like just kind of talking about that philosophy and that was total mind hack like i was pretending like i did that's why i say fake it till you make it that's why i like that because i i like kind of faked like i was one of these digital nomads writing about it even before i was so it eventually you, you are what you eat well, yeah. yeah, it's almost like uh, you're manifesting your own destiny. Yeah, and yeah, that's what they say. If you guys know the the secret, the book, the movie, it's all about law of attraction. Like someone commented in the the Jabril video, like law of attraction. It's basically uh, for those of you that don't know, it's basically the philosophy that um, you whatever you put out, you attract. And there's a lot of truth to it. Um, you know, it's not some magic um, out there in the world, but what it be, it starts with your thoughts and what your your thoughts are become your words and your words become your actions but what your thoughts are has to do with your surroundings that's why they say the number one biggest life hack is being if you want to be an entrepreneur is to hang around other entrepreneurs so that talking about entrepreneurship will start to be in your thoughts and then you'll start to talk about it and then you'll start to basically do action and um it's all about just like making your own luck so, for example, like the meeting Jabril thing randomly in uh, Bangkok, like how lucky was that really? Okay, so um, it's it's making your own luck. Like it was bound to happen because number one, Bangkok is the most traveled city in the world. So how random really is it? But we were making our own luck by being by being, being in, in Bangkok, Bangkok in the first place, and yeah. also jumped through, through that window when you know, like opportunity knocks. I think there's so many people. That will might see that message and be like, oh no, you know he's probably busy, or oh I have I have other plans tonight, you know I can't I'm not gonna hit him up. Mm-hmm. But you guys saw it, and you're like, yeah, let me hit him up, let me meet him up right now. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you had other things to do that day. Uh, well, I ain't got no job. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday, and I got shit to do. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I don't have a job. I mean, I our business is automated, but we definitely didn't have anything to do okay, well, better than good. meeting. Jabril. But you know what? That is part of it as well mm. you set up your life where you don't have these responsibilities right yeah so that's not just luck you're not you don't just happen to not have a job and not have responsibilities and not have to be somewhere you know you didn't just happen to be in bangkok right you know we said we set that all yeah, up beforehand all up. yeah so it was it was making our own luck so um if you yeah if, if you keep doing going towards what you want to do like like entrepreneurs say in all the books is you the harder you work, the luckier you get, or something like that. So yeah, yeah, and I think all of us have uh, at least a degree of luck. I mm-hmm. think some you for know, sure. Some of us may consider ourselves more lucky for sure, and some of us are like, you know, what? I had to work for everything I ever got. But either way, you're better off than someone who doesn't work. And yeah, you know whether they're lucky or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. make you make your own luck. Like in in business in life, there's always a degree in luck. And I realized like. Parker and I, we did get a little bit lucky. Um, you know, there's things, lucky things that happen. But at the same time, we really, really wanted it to happen. And like, we put our minds together and we were like, we are going to go back to Thailand. Like, we, we had these big sticky notes on the wall, like the uh, poster board size ones. And we were writing like, our original deadline was May 2014. And we didn't hit that, but we made October 2014. So we really, really wanted it to happen. And then in combination with the big, big drive to make it happen, we also got lucky um, in certain respects. Like, let's just say finding something on your video um, and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I, I definitely like that. I think everyone listening to this, what you guys can learn from it is start setting plans, start making it happen. And if you get mm-hmm. lucky on the way, that, what that does, that's almost like a tr- finding a turbo boost mm-hmm. where it brings you faster and closer. But if you're not moving forward, first off, you'll probably never see those turbo boosts. And if you do see it, it's not going to do anything if you're not even heading that, that direction anyways. Yeah, for sure. Like... um we we tried like like another lucky thing is um let's say meeting kai um because we we tried other businesses like online businesses before we our amazon products succeeded like we kind of got lucky let's say meeting kai at the conference but we made our own luck by coming to the conference and kai was our age and he happened to be crushing it with amazon so like let's say the the person crushing with amazon was like you know, not in our age or like we, we didn't never met him at the conference for some random reason, then we wouldn't have got into Amazon and maybe we wouldn't be out here. We wouldn't have a successful product on Amazon. And let's say our first product on Amazon wasn't successful, you know? So there's all these lucky things that come into, come into play, um, of course, in business and in life, but you just got to make your own luck guys. You got to try until you, until you succeed. I like it. So we keep talking about this conference. (laughs) I think people are wondering what that is. If you guys Mm -hmm. haven't heard, uh, the podcast episode 52 it's it was in 2014 which is two exactly two years ago um riley and his butter parker came out made, made it you know made it happen mm-hmm. had the sticky notes and they're like i want to go to the first ever dropship lifestyle retreat yep. which anton put on and there what, what i thought was really cool was that even though anton's course is all about dropshipping he didn't want to just pigeonhole all his members into saying this is the one best way to do things. He said, you know what? I want my students to be successful regardless of what they do, especially if it's e-commerce related. Because mm-hmm. to him, it's not just about dropshipping. That, you know, he's always kind of made it very clear that that is the easiest entry point for people. They don't have to spend money on inventory. They don't have to have like a warehouse. They don't have to have a, a retail space. This is how you get in. And then if you want to start importing your own goods and have a warehouse, go do that. If you want to start doing... Amazon FBA, buying inventory, go do that. If you want a private label, go do that. And at that conference, he had people come up, you know, speaking about these other ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was Ben Brandis at the conference. He spoke about Amazon FBA, how he's crushing with that, making like 17K per month. And uh, luckily, Kai went right into that. And he was one of our friends there. And after a few months, like he was crushing it. So we're like, okay, let's, let's try that. So yeah, we launched a... Uh, we actually started, we were going to do these running belts and um, there was a patent infringement. So right before they were going to ship out, like the company Flip Belt went, went against all the copycats and they sent someone to Alibaba. And so we, we got a picture in the email from our supplier with the, the running belts cut like right before Chinese New Year. So we had to scramble, pick a new product. Um, we we did a test order of the the scramble product it actually ended up doing pretty well we refined it made it better and then launched it again and that's the product that's still selling well now that's been paying for our lives one product sells for 39.99 and it's been paying for me and parker's full-time income out here that's crazy yeah just one product can i ask how much you're making for that uh yeah it's uh, so sells for 39.99 we amazon takes 25 percent, so we get paid out 29 something so about 30 bucks and right now we are making uh let's see right now the product costs us about $12 they're really juicy now cuz it's a bulk holiday order so 
uh, let's just say twelve to. F- it started at it started at sixteen dollars when we were ordering a thousand at a time. Um, so let's just say the product costs us about fifteen dollars. So our profit's about fifteen dollars per sale, and we sell about um, we sell about ten to twenty per day. It actually averaged sixteen over the last twelve months. Um, so we make like between a hundred and uh, sorry, a hundred and fifty and three hundred dollars per day, like net profit, just like doing nothing. Yeah, nice man. Yeah, it's not like bad. That. You can you can live out here for that. Shanghai, spend a thousand bucks a month. And I I know so you know kind of recapping that story. Lots of headaches in the beginning. You know, there's mm-hmm. always going to be barriers to entry. You mm-hmm. might pick a product that might get physically cut up and mm-hmm. just you know blocked by the. Uh, by the manufacturer if there was something like a patent or if there's a trademark infringement or anything else how would you how like would you have done that differently like was there any way that you could have known that or was that like a just a risk that people take um yeah it i mean people ask me so first of all through through starting my youtube channel and my podcast last october like i always talk about you know what i do or I always mention what I do. Yeah, I do the Amazon thing, but I never really go into it. Um, but I do answer a lot of Amazon questions now. Um, and one of the, yeah, I tell people you can definitely research if there's a patent pending um, from the main company. Like for example, the flip belt was the million dollar company. And then there were also knockoffs and different versions on Amazon. So definitely see if there's a patent pending. Um, and I would try to avoid that if there is a patent pending with that. Okay. If you want to know more about Amazon, what do you guys do? You and you and Parker now have a course, right? Yeah. So it all like over these last couple months, like it all came to be because like after six months, like six months into the channel, like the audience was a good size. And then I would just get the same Amazon questions literally every day. Like I'm sure that you do. Um, now I do too. get text messages all around the social media every day. And we're just like, okay, like I might as well just record these answers. And so that's what, that's what we did. We just recorded all the answers and made like a step-by-step answering all the most common questions from, from research all the way to launching on Amazon. And we made it into a little video course. I like that's it. That's what you do, right? What, what's the site? Uh, it's called the Amazon method.com. All right. So I remember when you told me that I was like, can you use Amazon in the title? Yeah. But you know what? As long as it works, I, I hope, guess it, I hope it'll be fine. I hope it'll be fine. Have you got? Have you guys bought like amzmethod.com at least? No, but maybe we should. Yeah. I, that's what Parker wanted to do, the AMZ method. But like, I, I read the the rules, mm-hmm. and as long as it's as long as you're not trying to to pretend like you're something else, then it's fine. Like we're not we're not. It doesn't sound like this is owned by Amazon or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Yeah. But you know what? It's one of those things where. I like that you just jump in head first and you're just mm. like, you know what, let's just, let's just do it. Yeah, I mean, if we if we become one of the biggest uh, online schools or courses in the internet, maybe they'll, then they'll notice. But hey, let's make that happen first. Okay. But uh, but yeah. yeah, it's so cool because I literally get questions. Like I'm just getting a question. Like right now, I get multiple questions for per day, guys. Like it's crazy about Amazon because. Um, because I mean, it's important because online business and travel go hand in hand. You have to have the online business before you can do the extended travel. So being able to help people start, uh, like even if it's Amazon or any other type of online business, like Amazon does take some money to upfront to buy inventory, takes an investment, but any online business, um, I'm excited to help people start that. And, um, 
yeah, we have a we have a Facebook group too. It's called the Living That Life Community, kind of like your Travel Like a Boss Army. So we started that a month ago, and that's real cool. People are, are dropping a lot of uh, knowledge bombs in there too, getting started. Excited to see everyone like seeing like seeing one of your videos and being like, dude, you fucking got me pumped about this shit. And then like a few months later, they screenshot me. I got a sale for my dropshipping store. I got a sale, like just like you always get. I'm sure all the time. I got my first Amazon sale, so that's that's the dopest thing of of it all. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's mm-hmm. a nice feeling too. Right? Yeah, for sure, it's a nice feeling, man. You're humbled, man. So yeah. So I, I know you just mentioned that you have to have a business before you start traveling. Neither of us had a business before we started traveling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but to to stay traveling, we'll yeah. put it that way. To stay, you gotta to stay. You gotta be paid. You gotta be paid through the internet. And hey, lots of internet jobs these days. Yeah, jobs. That definitely makes, makes sense. So, do you think that people should try to start before they move or would you recommend just jumping into it um that's actually another question that i get a lot in the comments um someone left me a hate comment like dude why are you uh why are you promoting quitting your job before you have an online business like everyone's situation is different um but definitely start before yeah start now start your niche research now if you're gonna be selling products yeah, and that's uh, my channel trailer. Uh, so you can, yeah, youtube.com slash living that life. I've got a tra- channel trailer. I just edited that. I took all of the, um, some of the highlights from this last first year of traveling and um, made a super cut. That took me like two days to do. I like it. Yeah. I noticed that you, like, your uh, subscriber count skyrocketed. Yeah, man. It all it starts slow and then it just goes, yeah, it goes uh, quicker. What like any any tips on people wanting to grow their YouTube channel? Uh, um, yeah, because I have like like Evan and like some other guys who are trying to do it. So my initial subscriber base came from like Vietnamese Americans because all my videos were in Saigon. Like when I, I came back home from the summer, decided to buy the, a real camera, and then went to Saigon. And so all my first videos were in Saigon. And so really, my first audience was through keyword i mean it's all keyword based that's how people see your videos so people planning a trip to saigon or people that miss saigon um people that just wants to see what's going on that was my initial subscriber base the vietnamese americans and then also collaborations with other youtubers i did some collab like food videos with some other uh, food youtubers in uh in ho chi Minh, kyla.net and uh old boy uh yavado aka yavado so shout out to you guys because um Shout out to Old Boy and Kyle. They really kind of helped jumpstart me. Then gave me my initial thousand. Um, and then from there, um, yeah, it's all it's all travel related, tourist related stuff. So it was things that people were searching for, like food in Ho Chi Minh, like tourist activities in Ho Chi Minh, like Philippines travel, uh, what to do in Boracay. And so um, I would definitely keep um, SEO and keywords in mind when you're making your videos. Do the SEO research, see what people are looking for, like searching for in your niche. There's sites to do that. And then make videos on those topics. Put yourself on the first page for those type of keywords. What are some of those sites that you use? Uh, just Google Google YouTube keyword search volume, and there'll be okay. a couple like tools to do that. And like, let's say your niche is like podcasting, mm-hmm. like, and then type in podcasting, and there'll be a bunch of you know related search terms related to podcasting, like how to podcast, best podcast mic, um, you know, uploading oh, your stuff. podcast, okay. and like do a video on one of those search highly searched word topics yeah that makes sense yeah. then in the like youtube um like tag manager 
Are you filling filling that up as many as you can, or are you just putting a few? So I actually just learned about this. Um, you fill it up all the way, and um, I just learned that the tags that you put first are weighted heavier. So definitely fill all the tags in. Fill all the tags in, the most related ones first. And there's actually a Chrome plugin called VidIQ, and it's actually paid. It's like 50 bucks per month. But um, for some reason, I had to had to just buy it. Uh, like last week because for some reason all my tags got deleted on a bunch of videos i don't know why and so i had to redo those and so it auto suggests tags based on like search terms around your video so um yeah but it's like it's just obvious stuff just put in the obvious search terms you can google um yeah like youtube search volume and just put in those highly searched terms in your video um aside from the seo stuff of course, when you're doing a YouTube channel, just be yourself. And I think that's what people like about my videos. It's it's like uncut. Um, you just got to be yourself. Yeah. And if people like it, they'll like it. If they don't, they don't. So totally be yourself. Don't like, yeah, just do do you. Create and be real. Yeah. You know what's crazy is I think a lot of people, they're starting out. They think, no, nobody's going to want to follow me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm XYZ or, I'm you know, I don't fit the... This, the general stereotype for somebody that they would follow on TV, for you know, mm-hmm. instance. But what's crazy is I really, really believe that there, there's enough people in the world, especially you know, mm-hmm. now that we're all connected, that no matter what your personality personality type is, somebody connects with you. Yeah. Whether you're a skinny, nerdy Asian guy mm-hmm. who likes playing video games, mm-hmm. or you know, you're a, a chubby dude who likes eating pizza. <laughs> there's somebody that's like yeah that's me well that's what i want to be exactly and as long as you are authentically real and you're the best version of yourself and you put yourself out there other people are going to be like you know what i like following this guy but nobody wants to follow someone who's trying to be someone else yeah because then you're nobody yeah that's the thing about you're not you. even you it's the thing about youtube is there's there's so many youtubers there's someone for everyone and like the youtube like personal reality tv show whatever you want to call it like that's the future, like live streaming and all these like internet personalities. You can relate to someone that you just be like, oh my God, like I can't believe that guy's exactly like me. Like, so your audience will eventually come. Like, it's hard to build a YouTube audience. Like, it is. Um, I've just, yeah, I got most of my views through like search, searchable things, like travel related things. Um, and then, of course, my, my podcasts get a lot of, um, get a lot of views my digital nomad interviews there's a playlist on my channel with all my interviews and um my podcasts will also be uploaded to itunes too so uh, hopefully that link is below as well um but yeah just do you and eventually you'll find your audience what was the name of your podcast Uh, it's just called living that life podcast so the podcast right now is just in video format on youtube you know, I call it a podcast, but whatever. But the audio from those videos will be on an official iTunes podcast. I actually have a, an assistant. Uh, my first assistant. Yes, we're leveling nice. up. Leveling uh, up, buddy. Yeah, doing that and putting that on iTunes soon. So link will be below. So speaking of leveling up, yeah. two years ago, you came out here to attend your first conference ever, made the move, started your first online business, had massive success, not only with the first business, but then also kind of branching out, creating your own brand, creating your own YouTube following, mm-hmm. now creating a course, mm-hmm. now doing all these other cool things. Mm-hmm. You are definitely, and now you're hiring employees. Yeah. So you're crazy leveling up. Yeah. Which is why I'm announcing officially 
that Riley is going to be a speaker at the 2017 Nomad Summit. Wow, yeah, thanks, man. He just uh, he just told me live on the little interview that we did just before this on my channel. So, yeah, thank you, man. Um, I always preach conferences in my videos and interviews, and so I actually already had a, a handful of people coming to your conference. I was like, Johnny, man, I got some people coming. Like, I always talk about it. So I was like, let's do a video promoting it. And then he's like, yeah, I actually wanted to invite you to speak. So I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah, I will definitely be seeing you guys there. Yeah, I love it. So I've been putting off announcing speakers because I, I honestly think the, the main benefit of a conference is meeting other people who are attending the conference. You know, you know whether they are at the same level as you just starting out or if they are you know at a high level and they're they're there to to network with the speakers and all the you know all the other people who are balling out that is the main benefit of a conference to get somewhere you know maybe even force you to to come to places like Thailand from your home state you know by having that as the goal you know or you know if you're already around you know to go and actually meet a couple hundred people who I guarantee 10 or 20 with you're going to you know you know you really connect with but the speakers itself, it's almost one of those things where, like, if, if all we did was, you know, have the names that you've heard of before or even people who spoke uh, every year already, you know, yeah, you would definitely learn something, but you probably already know who that person is. Mm-hmm. I think the real benefit of a conference is having the organizer curate or handpick who they think is going to add the most value to your audience this year, even if you've never heard of them, or even if, you know, they might be doing something that you're like, oh, I didn't even think I was going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, conferences are huge. Not just the information that the speakers are giving, but just meeting all these nomads that have been traveling around the world and just being like, okay, these are regular people. These people exist. You can work online and travel forever if you want. You know, like you'll meet that one guy that's like, yeah, I've been uh, traveling for eight years, uh, like all around the world. I've been to, uh, you know, 43 countries. And it's like, oh, okay. And he's just a regular guy. Yeah. Like, and what's crazy is like, you might have seen their YouTube channel, you know, or like talked, you know, read their blog. But until you actually meet them in person, it feels different, right? Yeah, for sure. It's a huge hack. And like we were just saying on the previous video, I five of my closest friends I've met um, at that 2014 conference is really cool. And the biggest like life hack coming to a conference rather than coming out during a non-conference time is right when I came to Chiang Mai, the first week or the first three days, I instantly made my, my group of friends. And so I made my group of friends at this conference in three days where if I came not to a conference during like some other month, it would have taken me months to make my solid core group of friends. Cause you're instantly going to meet a hundred people. And so it's just like expedites the process right there. Like gets you, gets you in the community, especially if you're, if you're new. Yeah. I like it. You know, I, I just logged into our ticket dashboard to see how many are left. We've now sold 225 tickets. Wow. And we are completely out of all the super early bird tickets uh, and half of the normal early bird tickets. So if you guys wanted to come, you better get on this now because prices are going to just keep going up as we get closer to the actual conference. Damn, I haven't bought mine yet, man. Can I, can I get a free one? I'm speaking. <laughs> uh, we, we can get you in, Riley. Oh, but. sweet. Oh, I was going to yeah. wear I wasn't going to get in. Shit. No, but um, what's really cool this year is we have different levels of tickets. So the... Standard tickets are seminar-style seating. So you, you get a chair, you get a mission, you get to watch all the, the talks. Uh, but this year, what we're also going to do is we're going to have a deluxe ticket, which what that does is 
that allows you to have the first front half of the room where we can have actual tables. So that way people can bring their laptops, take notes, they can you know put their coffee or their water on the table. You know, you get a little bit more kind of just I room, see. Just more cool. comfortable. Uh, but what's nice about that is those ticket prices are going to offset the other ones. So if you're bootstrapping, you can't really afford, you know, $200 to come in for the, for the full price ticket. You can be like, you know what? I don't need all our room. <laughs> you know, I can, I can take mm-hmm. notes on my lap. Uh, you know, I don't need to have a fancy coffee or anything. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I can just sit. Just I want to go there and meet everyone. Yeah, just meet everyone. Do everything. Yeah. And we're also going to have new VIP tickets. First time we're doing this ever. We're going to have VIP seating. So what that does is that allows you to come in and out whenever you feel like it. So you don't have to wait for us to actually officially open the doors. You can go and pick whatever seats you want, front and center if you want, or you can pick, you know, like wherever you feel comfortable. Uh, But what's really cool is that is going to give you access to all the speakers as well. We're going to invite you to the private speakers dinner. So you, it's going to be a small group, just the speakers and the organizers. And you're actually going to be able to get, sit down next to your favorite speaker, you know, have dinner with them. Uh, That's all going to be included. And what's really, really cool. And one of the reasons why the, actual event space is so much more expensive this year than we had before mm. is this is an a- actual convention center. Mm. It's not just a, you know, a small uh, seminar room, low ceilings, you know, cramped in. This is an actual convention center at the Love Meridian Hotel. A motherfucking convention, guys. It's a convention out here. It's going to be beautiful. It really is. Like super high ceilings, giant room. It can fit up to 400 people. And the Meridian has really great food as well. And yeah. I knew it was going to be a mess to try to get everyone to, you know, three, 400 people to go out to lunch and come back in time. So we Ooh. negotiated with them where every single ticket, no matter which ticket you get, standard or deluxe or the VIP, everybody gets free lunch. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Make and some food porn. Honestly, it's not even about the food. Like, it's what you were saying earlier about the networking, mm-hmm. where if everyone's going to go out for lunch, <clears throat> you know, maybe you might feel left out. You know, if you don't, you know, if you don't happen to meet anyone yet. Uh, or, you know, one group goes here, another group goes here. Well, the reason why I wanted everybody to have lunch at the venue yeah. is so you can sit down and you can network. For sure. Good shiz, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I like it. So nomadsummit.com, February 3rd, 4th, and 5th. The the 3rd is going to be the networking day. The 4th, the Saturday, is going to be the actual main conference day. And then the 5th, we're going to have a pool party yeah man he's just telling me all this for the first time today so i'm like wow pool party that's gonna be fun excited to uh meet all you guys and then uh after the pool party maybe we'll uh maybe you guys can come out with us and uh, get weird in Chiang Mai. we'll see what happens yeah i like it <laughs> for so what, sure, what are yeah. your actual plans uh next upcoming uh months? yeah so upcoming months i actually leave uh next week we have uh some college buddies coming next week and a few days in chiang mai then we go to uh, koh samui and then we go to the full moon party on the 12th so check out that video guys and then on the 16th uh my mom and parker's mom both come and they come from for three weeks so we code uh, chiang mai bangkok uh krabi uh koh samui we do the trip all over again so this whole so we starting on the 6th we have a full day full month of traveling from actually starting from the starting from the third to the third we have a whole month of traveling around thailand so wow that's cool man yeah 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 enjoy that and it's been cool for your moms to see you speaking on stage yeah i know man it happens to be that my mom will be here in chiang mai when the conference is so like 
it's just going through my head now like wow that's gonna be so cool like my mom seeing me speaking like really really for the first time i'm actually giving a talk at a coffee shop meetup next next month but like really speaking for the first time in front of three four hundred people like that's gonna be wow crazy my mom's gonna be like okay what have you been up to out here yeah. <laughs> like, what you know what i i bet I, I guarantee she's gonna see that and be like you know what my son is actually doing something you know he's not just backpacking around he's just not just having fun making these videos yeah he's actually changing lives yeah i know so wow that's gonna be really cool thanks man yeah you're very welcome i'm so excited for you to be speaking uh this year's conference topic is called leveling up mm-hmm. leveling and up. you have definitely leveled up your life and i'm excited for you to share the exact kind of tips on how you did it and how other people could do the same exactly man i love it it's my pleasure to create it's my pleasure to share sharing is caring i like it so one thing i actually wanted to ask you about is so two episodes ago i did a personality test mm-hmm. uh breakdown with Kristen yates called myers-briggs personality versus entrepreneurship mm-hmm. i am an estj which is the executive so i am extroverted i'm a well you know, i'm a good planner I'm, I'm a good community organizer which is why i do like doing things like putting these conferences together but she and you are both enfps right mm, yeah enfp which is the campaigner and if you guys had listened to the episode it's 141 we break down the da- pros and cons but the downsides of the ENFP, even though you guys, you know, are, you know, exciting and super, super fun to be with, always want to try new things. One of the big downsides is that you don't get things done because mm-hmm. you are always dreaming about something else. Right. How did you overcome that? Uh, well, how maybe I'm still overcoming it. Maybe I haven't overcame it. But you know what? You, I mean, you have income. <laughs> You're making good money. Oh, you actually, you know, you you actually have a successful channel. You have all these things in place that most ENFPs think about and get really excited about for a few days or a week, but then they never execute on it. Oh, I see what you're going at. Where you're going with that question? Like, oh, because I'm already quote unquote successful and made it. Like that is one crazy thing to realize that like I've kind of made it. Like my dream was to. Yeah, be making four thousand a month passively online, and now we make four to five k passively online. Okay, it's split between two people, but it's enough to live out here. Wait, like um, way more than enough. Because yeah. I mean, what are you spending a month out here? Uh, we spend about if we didn't party, it'd be about a thousand. But okay. we but we do party, and it's about fifteen hundred. You know so what? it can be expensive. I like how you're spending fifty percent of your budget on party. I know. Yeah, we spend more on uh, more on partying going out than our our rent our rent is two hundred dollars a month buckets um and yeah exactly like i mean we only go out like probably two nights a week like regular people it's not like we go out every 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 day we work during the weekdays and we party on the weekends like one or two one or two nights a weekend but But you know you don't have to apologize about that because yeah how how old are you 27 all right if i guarantee anyone listen to this that's 27 or younger and you can be out in Thailand. Yeah. And you can drink buckets of beers with, yeah. you know, or buckets of, you know, of. But we like to pop bottles, you know, bottles, order bottles, yeah. you know, pass around shots. Like you can do that in Thailand. And it, it, if you were doing that in Seattle or something, it'd probably be three, four times more expensive. So yeah. for sure. So I, I definitely approve and I know why you do it. Yeah, but, of course. So living that life, baby. Yeah. So how did you, like, how did you actually get yourself to sit down and get like the, the the product launched or get yeah, the you know get, get the things videos done. made yeah yeah um with the videos first of all 
like I'm my biggest fan. I really, I want to film and edit the video because I want to see the video myself. So that's my biggest really motivation for getting around to the videos. And that being said, I am still, I like starting out, I did really procrastinate. I didn't edit the footage right away. So I still have tons of footage from Vietnam and the Philippines still to be edited. But what gets me around what pushes me to staying up all night to edit a video because that's what I do every single time. I've never edited a video during the day. It's always an all-nighter. takes me on average four to eight hours to edit a video. Let's just say six hours on average. Um, it's because I want to see that video. Like I get excited about the song and I'm like, I want to see my life to this beat like playing and cut really cool. So I, it's like I want to relive my memories in a cool way. I thought about this recently. Um... I am, I'm an MC. I'm an MC of videos. I don't take the beat and flow over it. I take the beat and put my life over it in video form. So I was like, damn, like I'm a, I'm a MC of beats. Like, you know, I'll take the beat and be like, boom, 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 put all these travel images over it. So I really enjoy watching my own videos. So like, that's what motivates me to do it. Um, I like it. Yeah. Where, where do you get your royalty-free beats from, by the way? I get them from SoundCloud. Okay. And I actually steal um steal all my shamelessly beats not all of them from casey neistat's so in casey neistat's vlogs i was a big fan way before the vlogs guys like i'm one of the original fans of casey neistat um but he would link the artist in the description and i would follow all of those artists in soundcloud and then on your feed in soundcloud whenever that one of those artists posts a dope beat i'll be like oh this is dope and so i take my beats from all the same producers and they're just like total like funky hip-hop jazz vibes okay cool stuff so yeah soundcloud's the place and youtube knows that they're royalty free and then they don't they don't mm-hmm. punish you on yeah because right? these are just independent you know producers trying to make it so that it's not listed in the youtube directory it's not copyrighted or anything yeah nice tip i like it mm-hmm. so here I'm, I'm looking at the weaknesses of the campaign the campaigner so mm-hmm. first off the strengths right and, and we talked about this in the other episodes so if you wanted to know more just listen to that first but I can see this is spot on with you. You're an excellent communicator. You know how to relax. You're popular. You're friendly, energetic, enthusiastic. You're very curious, right? Mm-hmm. So here are the, the, the downsides, right? Um, maybe find it difficult to focus sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever get, do you, uh, do you overthink things or get stressed out easily? Um, I would say my life is pretty, pretty stress free. Um, but overthinking, um, maybe overthinking cause I am kind of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do spend way more time sometimes even on like a video, for example, or like a blog post or like editing a photo, like a YouTube thumbnail. Like I want to make it perfect. Like, okay. so like maybe that has to do with that. So I actually read a little bit more about the getting stressed. It doesn't mean you getting stressed. It's actually you caring too much or being too sensitive about what other people think mm. and then worrying about that too much. Uh, or saying yes to everybody's request and, you know, having your plate stacked too high. Right, right. I do, yeah, I do want to be, like, really nice to everyone and be like, yeah, okay, like, I'll, I'll help you. You know, I'll help you with your Amazon business or whatever. I don't want to, like, reject anyone for sure. Um, yeah, that that could be true. But overall, like, compared to my old life, um, my life's pretty uh, non-stressful. So do you think that is kind of a, a a big factor of why you enjoy this life so much is because you're able to design it in a way where you don't have all that stress? Yeah. I mean, we're, we got to mention in this podcast somewhere that we're 
all big fans of the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, you know, the original quote unquote digital nomad, if you will. But yeah, we just, I, I read the four hour work week like four or five years ago. And I was like, yeah, that's my dream. But one of my favorite things about this life, the quote unquote non-job life, Elliot Hulse fans is being able to uh, have my own schedule and sleep in whenever I want. <laughs> like I love, I've, I've always been a night owl. So I do my best work at night in the late hours and I love just being able to wake up, you know, when I feel like waking up, not having an alarm clock. I used to hate that. I mean, as we all do. So if you guys can relate to that, if that's your one big motivation, do it just for that. Because I love it. It's worth it, right? Not yeah. having to wake up when, like, yeah. when your alarm clock goes off, even if you're tired from the night before, even if you didn't sleep well. Yeah. Or it's cold out. It's yeah. raining. It's dark. Yeah. Like, I love it. Like, it, it could be like the top one or two things like I, I love it it's like it used to be you know my dream and i'm sure it's a lot of your guys dreams to not have an alarm clock and you know occasionally i'll have an alarm clock like today i had to get up to meet johnny but it, it's always because it's something that you want to do you know not Wait, something I was that you don't you have to at, do what time was i meeting you today <laughs> i was gonna say i actually okay but i did have to set an alarm clock to get up at 12 because i left pun space at like three in the morning um, okay, so if you guys like being able to set your alarm clock for noon yeah. instead of six thirty a.m. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, seven thirty yeah. a.m. Then, but this is a good and life. The, the other thing is, I didn't really have to set the alarm. Like, I would have waken up anyways. But um, I yeah, wanted we were, to get we were up meeting early. at two p.m. By the way, just just so people know. Yeah, I, but actually, the reason I said it was to get up a little bit earlier to sit by the pool and get some tan, so I look sexy for all you ladies in okay. the video. All right. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> so if uh, <laughs> you ladies are listening to this, you like. Guys with 3D uh, freckles popping out. Yeah, I got my freckles popping out. You know, 20 minutes by the sun, those freckles will Bam. pop. Freckles will pop, man, with my iPhone 7. Filming the, the previous video. Ooh. All right. Yeah. So definitely check out that video. It was fun to make. Uh, you can mm -hmm. see us walking around. We'll try to link that in the show notes somewhere. Mm -hmm. Living that life. So um, actually, the second part to your question how did i overcome yeah. the, the weaknesses yeah, I, I have that, yeah. to get this out real quick um how did i get out um what was the big life hack that got me around like not finishing projects or taking the action or whatever and for me that was having a, a partner in crime like i don't think i would be out here if, if it wasn't for having a, a team of two parker and i both with laser vision on what we want to do like if it was just me i would have totally put it off um, so that's why I also consider myself lucky, um, in that respect, like we talked about earlier, luck is I'm really lucky to have a friend like Parker, who's exactly on the same page as me, exactly the same mindset. Not everyone has that. So like, I do realize that guys, like I am lucky because of that, but with the internet, you can kind of hack your way around that and become virtual friends with people in Facebook group communities and YouTube communities and um, come to a conference and you know meet everyone on the same page. So I think that might be part of the answer how I got around a lot of my weaknesses is having a partner to pull you along and to hold yourself accountable. Definitely accountability is huge. Like if you have a friend that's down to travel or whatever, start the business, like make a pact or whatever and set a deadline like Tim Ferriss says, set a deadline and hold yourself accountable and be like, by this time, six months, we are going to make our first sale online. And, you know, two months after that, we're going to have our first ticket booked to another country or something like that. Get on a team. And that's the biggest life hack. Yeah. I like that a lot. And 
you know, if you guys want to listen to Parker when he's about, he was on episode 52. Yeah. I, I apologize for that audio quality. That was back in the hey, day. Hey, we, we leveled up. We leveled, we leveled up. up. Yeah. I, I, that's what it's all about. Uh, and Parker, for you guys who don't know him or haven't listened to that episode, he is – would, would he be an introvert? Or a little bit. He's at least behind the scenes kind of guy. Yeah, he's definitely behind the scenes kind of guy. But like, he's really good at certain things that I'm not good at, like uh, like planning and like logistics and like seeing the overall big picture um, and like managing and making sure everything is is on point, like with our Amazon business and with our course and everything. He's a good like community organizer, and so yeah, it's it's awesome to have that that other part, that partner who's um, good at things that you're not good at. At, like like all the entrepreneurs say, you know, like Waz and Steve Jobs and you know, all that all that stuff. They all have a partner in crime. Yeah, I, I could definitely see, especially for those personality types where you can complement each other. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to go. Uh, I also think, I mean, for me personally, I'm glad I started on my own because I had nobody to to blame or to to wait for. You know, like it, you know, I would have just put things off, mm-hmm. especially if the other person was putting things off, giving me an excuse not to do things. So. Mm-hmm. I actually, for me personally, I think it was better that I did it on my own. But now that I have a partner, Sam Marks, for the other podcast, mm. I and, and he has that personality type where he likes getting things done. He's you know well organized. It's actually helped a lot. So I think it's all about finding the right partner uh, or just doing it on your own. Exactly. At the end of the day, it comes down to you. It comes down to you, what's inside. It comes down, like I tell people this, it comes down to how bad you want it. We wanted it really bad and it happened. So it's not going to magically make it happen. If you want it that bad, you still have to turn your words into actions and get your feet moving and start copying other people, start taking notes from other people who are already living your life. That's a huge, the life that you want. That's a huge life cap life hack. Like the quote from the four hour work week, pay attention, pay acute attention to what's already working and adapt it. That's the cool thing with like entrepreneurship is you don't have to reinvent the wheel yourself. You don't have to think about how to make money online. All you have to do is adapt the strategies that are being, that are working for others. And so at the same time, it comes from a deep, deep motivation and that's all you. It's all you. How about you want it? It's all you guys. Yeah. So if you want to know more, you can follow Riley, youtube.com slash living that life. L I V I N no G yeah no G but we still G's over here but no G living that life man I don't know man that's just the name of my blog that I started three years ago and it's just like I've always pictured living that life like when like rappers say it in their song like we live in that lifestyle I always pictured like you know because we grew up on like like Lil Wayne and like big timers and stuff just like hanging around with their crew like traveling around the world like P Diddy and stuff like out here in Paris like I always pictured living that life just meaning doing whatever you want whenever you want with whoever you want just like living the rock star lifestyle like the rapper lifestyle that's all we wanted to be as kids is just like to, you know to be rappers or you know like to be little wayne or whatever and so this is like our own version um of that freedom lifestyle i like it living that life yeah and we definitely have that freedom now yeah for sure I like it. so if you guys want to know more check out living that life living that life baby we'll come out even better come meet riley in person come meet me like it's uh i'll just an overview of what my travel is travel is is it's a lot of like touristy guide stuff a lot of food porn um a lot of uh just travel vlogs my most popular video is cockfighting in the philippines where i'm vlogging at a, a cockfighting arena i love that video uh, second most popular is uh, coffee shops in amsterdam where we start 
the video riding motorbikes in Vietnam and we end up smoking joints in coffee shop in Amsterdam. That has almost 200,000 views now. And uh, with people love that video because it's an awesome video. And the third one is a travel vlog in Singapore. And then after that, it's like me eating pho. Nice. <laughs> I like so, it. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Come out Nomad Summit 2017, February 4th, nomadsummit.com. Get your tickets. Come meet Riley, all the other speakers, as well as all the other attendees. Meet your new best friends. Yeah. And start living that life. Living that life, baby. Hey, we're doing it. Happy to share. Want you guys to start doing it as well. All right. Thanks so much for being on the show and see all you guys next week. Peace. Peace. By the way, everyone, I wanted to give a quick shout out to everyone who's been leaving all these great five-star reviews of the podcast. This week, I want to give a shout out to Molly Fiona from the UK. She says, inspiring and life-changing. Five stars. I've been following Johnny's podcast for a few months now and I'm hooked. I'm listening to every episode back-to-back from 100 episodes in Johnny is inspirational, motivational, and full of fantastic advice and tips. His guests are well-selected, and each one brings individual value. I learned something new in each episode. Since I started listening just a few months ago, I have since set up my own freelance business, started joshing me, and made the decision to become a digital nomad. Just booked my flight out to Asia. So this podcast really has made a huge influence in my life. Dude, that is so awesome, and I'm glad that you read that because that was me, guys. I was, I have to tell this little anecdote. I started with Travel Like a Boss podcast. So my corporate job was knocking doors, door to door, selling Comcast cable. No joke. I used to have my headphones in, listening to Travel Like a Boss podcast, riding around residential neighborhoods while I was knocking doors. And when I got to the door, I wouldn't even take my headphones out. I would just pause it, do my pitch, you know, get the sale or not get the sale put the Travel Like a Boss podcast on, go get back to my Ford Taurus or my little Buick, whatever car I had at that time. And so I'm glad you read that because that was exactly me, guys. So in two years, maybe you'll be here on a podcast. I'd love to see you guys out here. And Molly, if you come out to Chiang Mai, wherever I am in the world, let us know and we would love to meet. All right, guys. See you guys all next week. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.